एक मिनट रुक जाओ रेडी होने दो चलो ये कर लेते हैं पुणे a lot of my guests are young 20 something entrepreneurs who started working on an idea in college or soon after college and today run businesses worth millions or tens or even hundreds of millions of dollars compared to that today i am talking to a founder who's going to be 60 years old soon and he became a founder way back in the 90s that was an era when the word startup had not been coined people did not start a startup they started a business and that is what he did and his journey mirrors the journey of india in which he built a global software services business which was eventually acquired by a global mnc and now he wears the vc hat this episode features the journey of girendra kasmalkar a serial entrepreneur who is now wearing the vc hat and helping young founders to build the next generation of disruptive startups here's girendra talking about his three decade long journey so in the 2016 when you finally exited so you sold off your remaining stake to them like correct that's right so so then w- what did you decide to do next then because now you are starting from a position of strength you know where you already have capital so akshay the thing that was topmost of my mind then that what will i do with my time after i have stopped this activity and how old were you when you got that exit in 2016 uh, so 2016 i was uh, exactly 50 years right from 92 february uh, and in fact before that when i joined tcs this whole journey i had no gaps whatsoever so you know i came from the us next monday i was on a job even before i had left uh, my first job at tcs i had thought of doing next my next journey and then that became that uh, you know working with partners that became very soft uh, and that became sqs so i've n- not taken any break so i've been working 24 by 7 you can imagine so the biggest thing on my mind yes i have now these resources with me and there's a lot of the things can i do but i was the biggest uh, question in my mind was what will i do with my time and so even before i had left sqs keeping in line with whatever i've done on my career even before i had left sqs i had started on the new thing that uh, i wanted to do and that is ideas to impact this new it company that i had started and the trigger actually came from my uh, working in the sqs itself which is that i could find it among this 1000 people that we had more than 500 people came from outside of pune they were not pune natives they came from smaller towns from maharashtra and all over india the number may be larger certainly not less than uh, 500 it could be even larger and i figured that uh, in 2015 16 time frame the reason why this happened earlier infrastructure you know the, the metros had the infrastructure the small towns didn't have the infrastructure this was not true anymore in 2015 16 yes because of geo geo had come in by that time geo came a little bit later but geo uh, came i think 2018 or something but even uh, internet was very much there tata was there everybody provided uh, the internet uh, you know physical fiber everything was there uh electricity you used to have generators in pune also so it's no different you needed generators there also 
so that was a trigger to for me to think that now may be the right time for the jobs to be taken to the smaller towns rather than the kids to be brought to the metros for the it jobs that was a theme for ideas to impacts uh, at ideas that's what exactly we set out to do and uh, luckily for me i got immediate traction from two large companies uh, for this uh, this idea and one was a local an automobile manufacturer for whom we started uh, the uh, their the some of their work and one was a, a large multinational that was even bigger validation these guys a product company who never had given any work outside of the building you know gave work to us in rajguru nagar which is where we started the first center you don't know rajguru nagar i'm pretty sure no i don't it's, know rajguru nagar <laughs> it's a taluka place about 50 kilometers on the pune nashik road and that's where we started our first center and uh, these were the two marquee customers that we got uh, to start with so i knew that i was on on to something good your basic thesis was that it is not necessary for people to migrate to cities and we can build businesses where the talent is and if the talent is outside cities then let's build businesses outside cities yeah so uh, were you thinking of this in terms of like remote working or were you thinking of it in terms of mini development centers we were talking about physical office forming the centers there and that's what we did in rajguru nagar because see people like uh, the large customer that we are talking to they will not give you work uh, from you know home. Uh, now of course in covid things have changed but at that time you needed i mean if you go into a rajguru nagar office the infra is exactly what you will get in your pune office because otherwise these large customers won't come so in fact uh, we have lot of learning on this uh, that has happened over the next 4 5 years uh, and i'll talk about that uh, but uh, that was indeed the thinking that you form good offices there and uh, hire local talent there i mean ultimately actually these were the same guys you are going to get otherwise in pune if you had hired them in pune who the guys were going to come from there only so you are talking about the same guys but would these smaller locations have enough talent for a big center like you know if you wanted a 100 person center would that be possible initially we thought we would go to taluka places and that's why rajguru nagar but now we have also realized that we need to be in district places which are of course non metros because there are good colleges there and they can be a hub for the remaining area and so on. so the thinking has evolved so now now we are in ambadnagar for example ratnagiri and those these are kind of district places problem is the same those kids whether they are in rajguru nagar or ambadnagar they still have to come to pune for jobs that was the problem was the same but if you go to the larger place you get good engineering colleges you get the talent there so of course Uh, no diligence that you will find the right talent so that's where the evolution of the model happened one thing we realized was that you'll get only juniors and freshers in these small towns seniors people have already migrated so what we set up was what we call our uh, pyramid so this model we call the smart town model by the way and we have a smart town pyramid where just like in the offshore business you had an onsite offshore pyramid a few people on site and rest of the people offshore we have an onsite metro and small town pyramid in our model which means that yes some people have to be on site the seniors who have already migrated to metros will be in our pune office here so they will uh, be the senior layer and then the freshers and juniors you hire in these smaller towns so that makes the model work mm, okay now why do these seniors join us in pune i mean we have multiple practices now so one of the things we the evolution was we realized that even if you had to have jobs in the smaller towns uh, if they have to be sustainable you have to be on the cutting edge you cannot be just doing legacy jobs so today if you look at it we have iot ai ml digital all these kind of practices so of course you need seniors who are experienced in these uh, areas who to lead these practices and how do you do that you know how do you have uh, the attract the seniors of iot and ai ml kind of spaces so the leads that we have are actually people who have worked with the infosys cognizance of the world 
and so they have 15 20 years of experience they have uh, their uh, uh, you know global delivery experience that's how the model works so that operational pyramid is a very big factor in making this model work then they take the onus of front ending to customers on the one end and also training recruiting training and building the delivery team on the small town on the other end so that's our smart town model of course you're right we have to take a lot of effort on the training and onboarding of these uh, kids out of these colleges and uh, we we that onus is definitely upon us and that's nothing different i mean it industry has always done that when we were starting testing business we used to train all the people right the testing training came business came started later we were the ones who were initially training people. same thing here so we got to test train the kids who are going to join a particular project so there is training now we are even thinking we'll start this process in the fourth year of college itself and then you know do the onboarding and so, so that uh, operational model part the infra part and the um, training onboarding part these these are the key things that we have got right which helps us you know work that typically what what was the size of one development center in a tier 2 location like what headcount so our rajgurunagar center has about 45 50 uh, was the headcount and has now grown because some new projects however we also did one thing uh, in the initial stages says that we would not start a practice or a center without having business in hand so it was not like we are setting up centers there hiring 100 people and then going look out for business so for example the ahmednagar center got started because our customer sitting in boston wanted us to be in ahmednagar it was his native place so we had a project in hand and we you know could start that for, for for them see this is how the pull has started rather than i deciding that we sit in rajgurunagar there are customers there are our practice heads who want to start in dhule for example because that's his hometown we have our customers see for what has worked for this guy is he is still sitting in boston he doesn't have to come to ahmednagar to get some work done out of there but he gives us some work and we get it done out of ahmednagar so that is how the model is work for them in ratnagiri there was already a small uh, it company there and uh, we partnered with them so we are giving them work we are conducting training with them so uh, there are variations so these are all pulls that are happening either from people there or from customer or from uh, the practice heads which is why, how the centers are happening and they grow so from that perspective there is no critical mass or anything like that we can start slow that is also by the way another reason for moving from taluka places to district places because you know in rajgurunagar you can have at the most 100 people but in a district place you can have 500 people and then you can go to really better larger places and we are you know scouting places like even bhubneshwar and you know those kind of places where you can go into thousands also depending on the customer the size is determined you know so some large customers won't go below a certain number and, and so on and so forth so that's how we are doing so typically each center is dedicated to a project or two projects or something like that not necessarily uh, for example that's the way it happens but if it's a large enough center we could have multiple customers you know working out of that uh, we are in fact uh, open to models where if the customers want to manage them their teams themselves they can do that you know if if they want us to do for few years and then do a bot and then transfer it to them we are open for that see the ultimate aim is generating employment in these small towns in a sustainable scalable kind of a way so we are not a non profit by the way it's a for profit organization I've, and i've never done non profit so i don't understand that space that much so this is for profit so uh, the model could be anything and so hence uh, there could be multiple customers in one center it doesn't it's not nothing is kind of uh, hard coded in our model right and this was part of your sales pitch like you would tell companies that we are going to execute projects in tier 2 locations and absolutely that that has been the key i mean the foreign customers sometimes don't care as much but indian customers do definitely uh, uh, you know uh, appreciate that and uh, we have seen 
that the customers that have been with us the longest now those initial two customers i talked about are still with us are the customers whom we talked about this model ultimately the delivery has to happen well you know with this model i mean uh, of course the cost is a door opener because the cost is lower than metros and so on and clearly there is a social impact as well if kids live in their small towns rather than coming to metros there is a benefit on both the sides right i mean clearly the, their life is better there and here also the congestion will not be that much so however just as in offshoring today you don't sell offshoring on cost nobody sells offshoring on cost that's a given of the model everybody understands that the cost will be lower you sell on capability you sell on capability what can you do better same thing here in this model i tell my team all the time that this cost benefit the social impact is a given of the model that is not going to sell to get business the, ultimately you have to deliver better and actually we have found reasons why work could happen better in this model as opposed to the old uh, uh, traditional offshoring model of doing it from the metros number 1 uh the hunger simply put the hunger of the people there you know they are looking to do well in the job you know imagine i mean this guys out of college we have hired and now they are touching the sap of one of the largest customers that's very aspirational it's a very interesting story the work that we uh, the work that this customer transferred to us the original vendor was doing it from pune okay and these were all sap trained guys and you know all these well qualified guys and for them it was a stop gap they were just trying to do it you know as a first job and they weren't trying to move to the other whereas now you have people who are actually aspiring to do that so if you have that right fit between the skill and the requirement you are actually likely to do the job better right so that's one part of it and then there are some physical uh, logistical reasons like you, you would imagine my office was in uh, an scz here in pune and my commute was like more than 1 hour on an average 1 and 1/2 hours one way and then another 1 and 1/2 hour back the commute in this smaller towns is 5 minutes right yeah attrition i mean attrition is order of magnitude different in uh, metros and in non metros i mean today especially when you see the resourcing problems and the no shows and all i don't know if you're aware of all of that it's crazy completely crazy i think average it uh, like these bellwether companies have about 30% attrition can you imagine what 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 does it mean to have your 30% attrition in a 50000 people company for example i mean that's crazy right so we do believe and that's true of any good solution what number do you see like compared to that 30% that they have lower single digit in the small towns so it's a order of magnitude uh, lower uh, uh, attrition in smaller towns as compared to metro so i do believe this and uh, i remember this uh, uh, richard feynman who's a physicist nobel laureate he had said this that if you if you found a find a solution to a problem it just doesn't solve that one problem it solves another three four problems of course he was talking about physics but even in this, in this model if you find a solution uh, it will it should solve some three four other things also so hopefully if this model solves the problem of the resourcing that is happening in the metros then you know it's doing uh, then it's really the right solution right why did you decide to do another services business in 2016 when you were uh, you know looking to start the next thing i think already that unicorn as a buzzword had come in india probably had had a few unicorns by that time so why didn't you think of like a product company and you know like that route instead of going back to another services business okay a good very good question and uh, see i am a very big believer of adjacency so you know uh, i know there are people who can jump into completely different businesses and great success in that i think that if you get into an adjacent space then you can leverage whatever you have done in the past quite well and of course there has to be something new you know you can't do i couldn't build another testing company for example the smart town model was a new thing in this so it was the common part but the smart town model was a new thing and it was a definite solution for a problem so that adjacency was 
very important. I will come to the other part of the product part where we have started a fund. And you know, I'll talk about that, where it's a venture capital fund, it builds product companies and so on. So I definitely felt that there I would better off playing the role of you know, helping the new youngsters you know, build companies rather than being an operator myself. So that was the thing. So uh, in there also, there is an adjacency that we remain with tech because I knew tech, the, uh, the uh, B2B tech, that too. I mean, because I had my background was in B2B, the adjacency was B2B tech, but then we are doing startups there. Fund was a new part there. And in the services part, the small town model was a new part. Uh, the services was the old part. Got it. Okay. So let's talk about COVID. Uh, how did, did COVID change your business model? Like, for example, the way Zoho now talks about uh, people working from villages, pure remote, no need to come to office. Uh, are you looking at something similar or, you know, what what has been COVID impact on ideas to impact? I will talk about the COVID impact on ideas to impacts, uh, which was very, very interesting. Last year uh, was, you know, kind of flat. And this year, the growth has started happening again. And uh, last year also, initially, people thought that there would be a lot of problems and so on. But otherwise, uh, actually, IT companies should not complain at all as compared to, you know, the other sectors that have suffered so much into that. So what, uh, interestingly, what we thought was that whatever we were trying to convince people of for the last three, four years automatically happened because of COVID. I mean, people were working from home, but that homes were not in Pune. They were gone to the native places. So we actually coined a different term for our smart town model, which is work from hometown model. So you go to your hometown and you work from there. And another, some new models that we are now thinking of is that, for example, one IT company CEO met me and is a large company, public listed company. They have their offices in Pune and Bangalore, large offices. Okay. He told me I had no idea that 200 of my people were working from Kolhapur and they were just working from their homes in Kolhapur. So now he said, I'm for sure not going to build another big center of mine, either in Pune or Bangalore or anywhere. But if you have your center in Kolhapur, I'll definitely take 200 seats there. So these are the kind of new models that are now coming, which is what we are calling work from hometown model. And so now we don't have to convince people that this remote working, you know, people working from their hometowns will work or not. That has started happening. But our model has also got validation. See what happened actually in the first year, everybody thought that this was going great. You know, product was fantastic. You know, people were stretching themselves and they're working from home. People were happy. Companies were happy. But this is, these were people who were already working with you in your company for some time. You knew them. Then they went to their native places and then started working from them. Now, one year down the line, what happens when you have to hire freshers? What happens then? So that is a challenge most of the companies are facing. And there, our work from hometown model, where, for example, this 200 people uh, setup is already there. So now you can hire freshers there. That also solves the problem of poor power, poor internet, family members building around. All of those problems, if you have a nice infrastructure provided in that native town. So that's our work from hometown model. So uh, to tell you the truth, I mean, we thought that this would be a great opportunity for us. And now this year it has started to us. Uh, in fact, I got a lot of interest from various people. And one of them, a senior guy who uh, was the head of Amdocs in India. Uh, uh, you've heard of Amdocs, right? Yes, Large yes, yes. Uh, telecom billing company. He was the head of Amdocs. He was a global board member of Amdocs. And he was my customer. So I knew him very well. His name is Anshu Gaur. So we were in touch. Anshu contacted me last year saying, boss, this, your model has to get a big boost in this. So I said, boss, that's what I'm telling people. Man, just as, you know, in 2000, Y2K was the one that gave a big boost to Indian offshoring in the next decade. It was there earlier also. But the mindsets changed after Y2K. People came to know that, yes, things can happen from India. I said, that same thing is going to happen with COVID for our model in 2020. 
So we got into discussion and now as we speak, Anshu has actually joined uh, Ideas to Impacts as the group CEO. Wow. Okay. Uh, he's, uh, he's invested in us. He's uh, both of us on the director board. Whole focus is on how we can scale this up. So either we completely new businesses like this WFHT model or expanding the current businesses and we are getting traction. A lot of hard work to do. So that's what we are seeing the impact of COVID on our Ideas to Impacts business. What is the size of the business? Give me some numbers. Uh, so we are about uh, 150 odd people right now. So that's uh, the size of the company at the moment. And how many centers? So we have uh, Rajguru Nagar, Ahmed Nagar and Ratnagiri, which are active. And we are talking to somebody in Solapur and you know other people. And then you know, uh, we have done some small work in Solapur already. So that, that could get started. And uh, like I said, we are already scouted some 20 cities all over India. And uh, so that we have already struck some partnerships with real estate players, educational institutions, training organizations in places like Bhuvneshwar, for example. So the idea is if some large company uh, comes to us saying that we are doing this, then we have ready-made package to offer them that, you know, we can set it up for you and we can do a BOT for you in these kind of cities and then you can run your business from there. Uh, so that's uh, so that that's what we are looking at. So, so like a, a IT, like say a TCS could come to you and say, I want to have five centers in small towns, and you could like do a BOT model for TCS and. Absolutely. Um, so, um, um, I mean, some of the larger companies may have their own setups to do this kind of scouting, uh, but there are you know some there are slightly uh, TCS is absolutely the top company. And TCS has already announced that seventy five percent of their people are going to work from home and so on. But there are you know middle tier companies who could definitely not have the bandwidth to do this. So for them, we could do that. Uh, complete uh, you know setup part consulting part setup part and even the bot part now tell me about uh, wearing the vc hat like what made you want to wear the vc hat and you know become a vc so when i was exiting out of uh, sqs uh, i was already mentoring startups and that had started so pune has a very strong thai chapter we have a nurture program i had started doing that uh, but one observation one realization i had that while there was a lot of energy and enthusiasm and savvy uh, among the entrepreneurs in Pune because you know it's an education town it's always been an uh, uh, automobile town it's now an IT hub so there are a lot of talent not a single fund out of Pune all the funds were in Delhi Bangalore and Mumbai and uh, I felt that needed to be corrected so like I said you know at the exit now and you know while I started ideas to impacts I thought that we should start a fund uh, which is headquartered in Pune and B2B tech, B2B focused, because if you're talking about 16 time frame, everything was B2C in India. So that was the thinking that, you know, you had to have B2B. But of course, I had no background in um, a fund. In my earlier company, I had not even taken investment. So I was not even on the other side of the table. It was a services business. I had just grown and I 100% owned it myself and so on. So I had no background. So that's what proved to be a little hard to crack. So it took me a few years to get the fund off the ground. Uh, however, uh, uh, the biggest support that we got was from the Pune ecosystem itself. So today, I got six partners. You know, four of them are exactly like my background, that they grew their company out of Pune globally, exited, and they also wanted to start a Pune-based fund, and we joined hands, and we started the fund together. So last December, we actually got oversubscribed. So it's a small fund, it's a 10 million USD fund. But we got oversubscribed last December. We closed the fundraise. Of course, we had announced the first close earlier. We had done some investment, but most of the investments have come in this year. Could could you like explain this basic stuff? Like, what does it mean to be oversubscribed, and how does the fund work? So, uh, first of all, it is a properly SEBI registered 
AIF category one fund. SEBI has this AIF category one, category two, and category three. We are AIF category one fund. So this is SEBI categorization. And even within AIF category one, there are VC funds and angel funds, and they have their different uh, norms. So for example, for VC fund, the minimum ticket size for an uh, investor is one crore. For angel, it is twenty-five lakhs. Uh, we had a fund which uh, initially when we started 10 million was actually 65 crores or 65 crores was our uh, with a green shoe option as they call it that is you can go up to 100 crores and uh, we closed it around 77 crores or something like that this is money in the bank or this is this is commitment it's a binding commitment what will we do keeping the money in the bank we have to give return to that money right so it, it makes sense to get the money only when we have the investment opportunity not before that so we have drawdowns we have a drawdown schedule a rough drawdown schedule is given already but we then also based on the uh, uh, companies that go through our investment committee uh, there is a process so I'll, I'll talk about that then so on the fund structure part that is what it is there is a fund we have an investment manager which is the pentathlon ventures we are six of us are partners there five of us are with an entrepreneurial background and sixth one did have a uh, uh, investment background because sebi requires that somebody has to have an investment background um, there would be some investment by the partners also like uh, of this total 10 million that I was exactly going to come to that and that's where our uniqueness is typically managing partners do invest but very little whereas in our fund almost 25 to 30 percent 20 above 25 percent is invested by the general managing partners ourselves because we were in we are dual roles actually we play the investors as well as the managing partners and this was important uh, because it was our first fund so you know you couldn't have more skin in the game so that's how we did it and then of course we got sidby uh, investing in us uh, most of our investors are actually first generation entrepreneurs from pune so that was the validation of our pune theory uh, of course there is uh, then uh, it is very interesting i talked about the smart town model in the ideas to impacts because you know pune was for it it was a big metro and then we went to all these rajguru nagars and ahmed nagars but in the fund Pune was that small town, you know, it was not Mumbai, Delhi, Bangalore and that's exactly what we did in Pune. In fact, I also went to the Surats and the Nakpurs and Hubris to see if we can get investors from there. And we did finally manage to get Hubri Angels, a, a team of Hubri businessmen, uh, entrepreneurs, they got together, formed an LLP and invested. So apart from that, everybody else is from Pune. We do have one uh, from the US and one corporate from uh, South uh, South America. But uh, most of the investors are from uh, Pune and these two first generation entrepreneurs. So we actually call our fund for entrepreneurs, by entrepreneurs kind of a fund. And that was our intention also, that it should not be just money. Hopefully the experience that we have had of scaling companies, even outside India, the market access, the investor access, we could bring to the uh, to the startups. So that's what uh, we have been able to do. And so one one question here: uh, Do people invest uh, in funds at this stage? Like this is essentially like a more of an angel fund, right? It's a VC fund. It's a VC fund. So do people invest in VC funds for a return or for giving back? Uh, I think uh, you know return is a definition. I, I will never say that you know the return is not of interest because it's ultimately a financial uh, investment. Uh, but but uh, like you, the I think what you're hinting at is that a lot of angels invest out of interest, and they don't care too much about uh, the returns. And that's what I liked about doing a VC fund. It's almost like you have customers in the investors. You're committing a return to them. So that I like the discipline, just as you'd be very disciplined in servicing your customers on the services business, you should have that same discipline and, uh, you know, to be able to give that uh, that return to the investors. So I, I don't think that 
uh, we treat them at all as people who have just you know as being angels for an hni considering putting his money into different places so vc as an asset class gives what kind of return like but certainly it has to give much more returns than a mutual fund you know if you are getting mutual fund 15% and so on it should be getting higher than that we are of course uh, uh, not allowed to even commit a number but it has to be higher than the uh, mutual fund uh you are right that it was very hard when we started this fund to get to talk to investors and get their interest uh, very very hard especially a lot of people said why are you doing b2b you should do b2c a lot of people said why are you in pune uh, the delhi guy when if he went to meet him would say why don't you start in delhi bangalore guy would say why don't you start in bangalore so all of these uh, challenges were there luckily for us b2b has become quite hot startup ecosystem as such has you know grown in leaps and bounds so the number of unicorns have gone exponential but even more important than that people have now started seeing exits you know you've seen zomato you've seen uh, fresh desk that has changed things flipkart also was there so that has changed the mindset so i do believe that you know while the initial wave of the startup ecosystem in india i'm talking about 15 20 years back which was more of what had worked in the us will definitely work in india because we had large populations if there was amazon there there would be a flipkart here there if there was uber there there would be ola here a lot of the money also came in from outside india when we started raising funds there were not too many funds who were raised out of indian money most of the money came from outside we were one of the early funds and now there are now there are but uh, not too many funds who had raised domestic money and that was a challenge that we faced and plus we didn't have any track record so uh, entrepreneurs believed in believed in us rather than the financial investors right 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 however now with these kind of exits happening with these kind of stories that are getting published i do see a lot of traction and already already our uh, investors are saying when are you raising your next fund you know uh, we would like to invest in we are also at a stage where uh, our first round of investments will be over by next month so we are planning to do some 20 plus investments we are already at 15 16 will be done and so we are also started to think about that and there again we will uh, definitely reach out to uh, outside of india investors for sure metro investors and also to non metro investors because there is opportunity all along i i think that indian money will uh, uh, see more and more presence in the startup ecosystem mm-hmm. so typically the way vcs work is you have a fund 1 fund 2 fund 3 and each fund invests in x number of companies and then whatever return comes it goes back to the people who invested in that fund yes yes correct so i believe recently i was reading that sequoia has kind of done an uh, disruption of this traditional vc model what is that about uh-huh. so sequoia's thinking was this that uh, because fund has a life you know every fund has a life our life is 6 6 plus 1 plus 1 years and we also feel this constraint so what does this mean what does the life mean here in 6 years you have to close the fund even if your startup has not got an exit you have to find a buyer for that stake ha huh, so that is the pressure and then you could talk to the investor and extend it by that's what that 6 plus 1 plus 1 means that you can increase it by one year at a time for two times so you can go up to eight years with the permission of the investors and you know at the end of it if you still have not got an exit you could distribute the units or something but there is that pressure that you need to uh, find your exits in that period of time so we are also thinking our next fund with you know much larger fund base and also longer life for exactly that kind of a reason that we should be see what happens is and i was coming to their sequoia question uh they found that you know after they exited huh, their companies increased in valuation much more after that so if they stayed for one more year they could have got much better returns and we also like i said would face the same thing because we have to uh, exit because of our life if not nothing else 
so that's why sequoia has kind of a uh, uh, formed a fund which is ongoing people invest in that and then through individual vehicles out of that fund they will uh, invest in uh, at different stages and they can now invest in public companies also so they no longer have a, a life as such they can continue to invest for as long as and if somebody wants the money back then they will redeem it yeah so the, the investors will say i want to enter here i want to exit here but the fund itself remains so it's almost like a mutual fund kind of a structure then correct and they want to also invest in public company all of that uh, in our case also uh, for the future of the fund i am thinking uh, we are thinking a little bit like that is this investment manager company a very strong investment manager company it will invest in fund 1 fund 2 fund 3 you know whatever and you could have your areas of focus and so on but if you build a strong company which is strong processes strong structure and by strong processes i don't mean delays you could have processes to do it faster you but that, that's what really uh, needs see what happens akshay this is my theory that when something is new any any space when something is new it is always art in the build in the beginning right you know there are some artists who are really good in that space and then these individuals you know uh make the name in that but i mean we would see that in testing also you know there is some really good testers who do testing but as a business what you want to do is set that as an organization if you give work to this organization good testing will happen no matter which work so kind of changing that art to a science and with our background of building organizations we really feel that we could build a strong organization that would be an investment manager organization and yes you know the funds will still have lives because sebi would require that but that investment manager is what we want to really build that pentathlon ventures that we want to really build uh, with the same kind of thinking that that will be ongoing and that will be a very really strong organization which will invest uh, in these various funds what does the investment manager earn like say you have a 10 million dollar fund the standard is 220 as they call it so 2% management fee every year and 20% carry so by carry mean that whatever return comes that is distributed 80% with the investors and 20% with the fund so that's the success fee kind of thing but there's a 2% management fee that happens and actually speaking uh, for a 10 million fund 2% management fee does nothing so you know luckily because of our background in this fund we're not taking any salaries or anything like that so that you know that can be managed uh, but we wanted to learn and so the fund size was small 2% management fee for a larger fund could be significant money so what is your investment thesis as a fund what kind of companies are you funding early stage b2b tech is our focus so like i said because we want them to benefit out of our background that that happens most in the earlier stage so we are looking at companies that do have a product do have revenues our ticket size kind of ranges from 100k that is about 75 lakhs to about 350k which is about 2.5 crores so you're talking about that kind of a stage and so it's kind of seed pre series and then we would like to take them to series a and we might you know, double down and invest in series a but for sure series b we will not invest series c uh, we will get our exit probably uh, we would like to lead initially but it's a mix of whether we lead or don't lead but certainly series a onwards we won't be leading we would want somebody else to uh, coming in now at that stage uh, typically you're looking at uh, you know founders and because the product is in place we have not yet invested in pre pre product pre product will never do but pre revenue we have started doing so that lower of that range of the 100k is more towards when you have pre revenue or no revenue or very little revenue whereas the uh, 350k is towards you are you know pretty good uh, uh, revenue still early but uh, decent revenues where you seem to have got traction uh, because we are horizontal there is no vertical focus so you know we have invested in fintechs we have invested in marketing tech we have invested in healthcare so in healthcare for example deep tech is a company that we have invested in they are ai in radiology and they are pune based 
In fact, uh, they are also located in our Ideas to Impacts Hub. So I've not talked about Ideas to Impacts Hub. I'll talk about that. So they are also located in our building. Then in fintech, we have done. Uh, there is a cross-border remittance company called Fable Fintech. There is an insurance uh, embedded insurance or bundled insurance company called Discovery. There is a BNPL company called Shopsay. Breadth of uh, companies that we have invested in. So. What is your screening process? You know, because I think as founders, it's very hard for founders to understand if they are investable or not. Yeah, I'm not saying that if we don't invest into somebody, that means they're not investable. That's not the case. Just a match of the fit between the thesis and what they're bringing to the table. So if somebody comes in a B2C side, we will not be able to invest, but that doesn't mean they're not investable. Somebody else will be doing that. Uh, So what we look at uh, at this very early stage is certainly the founders, number one, what kind of problem that they're solving. That problem should you know, appeal to us, you know, we should feel that, yes, this is indeed a problem that is worth solving and they're solving that. And the solution that they have found is getting, you know, uh, is, uh, you know, good enough to get traction and so on. See what happens, Akshay, as you know, that pivots always happen. So, you know, even it's going to change. So if you're looking at founders and the space that they are in, then we know that they will, you know, figure out. Uh, it helps that they have some traction so that, you know, we can apply our metrics and, and uh, so on. What do you look at in a founder? Do you look at education pedigree? Uh, education pedigree helps, but that's not at all the only thing that we look at. Uh, the uh, best case scenario is, of course, a founder who has already done it once. So some of the very, very early stage that we have done, where there is no traction whatsoever, but the founder has done something in the past already, some exit, then that is uh, a no But uh, a lot, I mean, there are a few of them, but a lot of them are founders that we talk to. And find out, you know, what their uh, dedication is to, and their, you know, because ultimately it's a long journey, tough journey, and so on. What we also look at is the mix of the founders. Uh, so it's not just one founder. Typically, there has to be, uh, you know, the business side. So somebody has to do the sales. The hustle has to be there. Somebody has to take care of the technical side, and somebody has to take care of the domain side, especially in the B two B. So we look at that mix. That you know, is that mix uh, going to be there? Uh, is there something in the background that tells us that these guys are a lumbi rescue gode? They will not, you know, give up. They will, you know, even during the tough times, they will uh, stick to it. So those are the kind of things, and that that's why their background uh, is important. Um, uh, and we do a lot of customer reference calls. So see, we cannot know each one of these spaces. So we have, do have our experts and we talk to them. But customer reference calls are very good to know that if the problem exists really and how big the problem is and uh, whether this solution is something unique, something different that is being offered than by somebody else. So customer reference calls are uh, quite important for us. And then of course we run the matrix, the numbers. If there, is, if there are some revenues, then we definitely run the matrix to make sure that the unit economics is working and uh, so, so on and so forth. Do you fund businesses which are looking at, I will figure out the earning after a couple of years. First, let's scale. Like, I mean, this is a valid business thesis of companies which first build scale and then figure out monetization. So do you believe in such businesses? Most of them would be B2C, if I'm not mistaken. So if they're, so they would naturally not be in our uh, on our radar. However, in B2B, if they are saying that, that would have to be a case where we understand the space really, really well. Then only we can take those kind of bets. If we have to ask people about that, then that might not be the candidate for that. Yes. Got it. Okay. And uh, so how has your portfolio done so far? Uh, five of them, and we are just in our second year of investment. Five of them are already raising the next round. So which is, you know, really good uh, thing. Uh, we were hoping that would happen in the next year, 
but already in this year we are seeing you know some traction and they're raising uh, next round uh, the plan was that we complete our first round this year and the next two years were for the doubling down so that has already started which is which is definitely good news so far so good i would say let's let's see how the next couple of years roll out yes mm-hmm. so uh, you know one thing which i really want to understand from you sitting in the vc chair you would have a very global understanding of trends because you are talking to some of the most innovative founders out there on a daily basis so you know w- what do you think are like if you had to give some broad indications that this is the direction in which the world will move uh, w- what do you think those trends are and therefore companies which are doing this will scale up faster got it so uh, first of all i agree with you that uh, for example to do this 15 16 investments we have talked to more than 1000 companies more than 1000 companies what really keeps us going and excited is the quality of entrepreneurs that we meet i mean if i compare myself with uh, you know myself of 25 30 years back to these guys you know complete zameen asman you know these guys are extremely confident savvy and you know the, they know what they're talking about and so on so it's very very impressive so while you uh, have some kind of feel or you're actually learning quite a lot from these people itself so that's very important i think in fact see we are talking about the future right and you know whatever your expertise experience is from the past so the main thing that we have seen or at least i have learned is uh not go so much by the gut feel you know i in fact i try to say that uh, look at the data rather than the you know gut feel because gut feel has come from your past i have done this in the past also you know always i have always been a person who's not uh, that smart to actually figure out what's going to happen in the future and that's where if you just seen i've just jumped into things you know try to do that thing get the data and then figure out the way to do that's been my style Uh, so that's what i try to do here as well that you know once you dive deeper into that company you understand that story try to get as much data as possible because things are going to be different in the future than they have been in the past that's the whole thing that you're betting on so i am not the type of the investor that you know within 5 minutes i know that you know this is good or something like that uh, so uh, there are some people like that and i, I admire them uh, but uh, for me i have to dive deeper and get the data and then figure out that ha- say having said that i mean some trends are so clear that you know i don't have to tell them about that so for example the reason we invest in video because video as a space in that remote paradigm will work there is no question we have done four video investments in various different use cases you know there is this uh, creator economy there is uh, event uh, kind of a thing so on and so there is uh, there is one pure tech which is actually uh, expediting the um, uh, downloads and so on so all of that we have done in different use cases so we know that video will work so that is very easy to that you can also say you know without even having done you know, whatever you so there are mega trends but when you are coming down to specifically investing in a company there is a lot of learning that is happening on both from our side at least and you figure out uh, you get that conviction at least i get that conviction after having done all this you know that yes uh, this will work rather than having some preconceived notions that this is going to work and this is not going to work instead okay but other than video any other like this was interesting the the idea of video as a trend uh, any other trends which what about nft blockchain do you do you see that as a major trend uh, so again uh, see blockchain is a technology and yes ai ml is a technology and all of that however especially maybe it's the b2b thing or not but i i feel that use cases are much more important for us than the technologies that so in in technology you see what you said earlier that this technology they don't worry about uh, revenues will happen two years later and so on we don't do that so while we are all technology guys we come from tech the use case is really much more important so we will not invest in something just because they are doing ai ml or blockchain or whatever 
That's not what we do. We have to see that the use case is something that is solving a real problem and getting traction. When you talk to the customers, we ask one question to get answered is how quick was the decision from the customer side to, you know, get that uh, to buy that product. That tells you that, you know, the real problem and it was a solution that was good enough. Or did it take like long time? So those kind of things. Right, right. What are other things, the other data points, like one data point you look at is how quick the customer decided. What are the other data points you seek? Okay, so I mean, uh, some of them are related to the market, some of the external uh, areas, such as, you know, the, the space itself and how fit good fit the solution is that I talked about that. Uh, we also look at what the thinking of the um, founders is. Are they customer oriented? You know, are they trying to really solve a problem or they are, you know, spend, like you said, you know, spend and then hopefully the business will come. How, how confident are, if you challenge them on this, are they really uh, firm on what they're thinking about? Or, you know, they are not, not so sure about that. So because the bet is so much on the founders, you already looked at the, at the, at the uh, their backgrounds, but about this particular thing that they're doing, what is their uh, confidence level? Because ultimately they are going to run the business. So we, they must have uh, that confidence more than us that, you know, so we try to challenge them on what they're thinking on their thesis is. So that is another. Uh, the third thing is uh, the, the numbers part also. The numbers are important. You know, they may be bad, you know, they may be bad, but are you tracking the right metrics? So uh, one of the things that we end up doing, you know, even after our investments is what are the right metrics for this business? What should we track? I mean, revenues and all that are fine. They are the uh, ultimate indicators, but there are some uh, preliminary indicators, leading indicators that will lead you to that. In the early stage, that is very important. What are those metrics? And sometimes the uh, the founders themselves have that, which is a very good sign that they know their business and they've been able to figure out the matrix. Sometimes the discussion and it happens later on. So what does uh, you know leading indicators are to finally get to the you know revenues and all that is very important. Uh, so for example, in this video case, uh, the founder is telling me that video minutes that they you know have is a uh, in, in metric right 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 hmm. those kind of things figuring out that part so i talked about the space i talked about the founders and uh, about the business itself what kind of metrics if you like the founder thesis podcast then do check out our other shows on subjects like marketing technology career advice books and drama visit the podium.in that is t-h-e-p-o-d-i-u-n dot i-n for a complete list of all our shows.